Um, I should say before I start that I haven't worn this dress since before I had my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might go full Judy Finnegan. <laughs> She's still got a career, so I'll be alright. Until the worst happens, I'll be alright. So, um, okay. So, I'm going to talk to you about my Uncle Richard. So, um, I first met my Uncle Richard when I was um, about three years old. Um, I remember it was a family party, and my cousins um, always bullied me. They still call me Lady Amy to this day. And um, they told me that these, these fish in a tank were sharks and that they were going to eat me. <laughs> and, uh, all the other adults were saying, no, they're not sharks, no, they're not sharks. And, you know, I, I didn't believe them. I believed my cousins. And Uncle Richard picked me up and hugged me, and he said, they are sharks, but they don't eat little girls. And he told me all about these sharks. And I believed him completely. And I, I felt really safe with him and I really trusted him. And um, I then found out, I mean, later, I sort of zoom out, but apparently all the adults were very scared when they saw this happening. One, because I was the kind of child who used to cry all the time at everything, mm -hmm. especially like people I didn't know picking me up. And <laughs> secondly, um, because he'd arrived to the party really late and he was hammered, <laughs> absolutely hammered. And nobody'd seen him for years. Um, the next time I heard about my Uncle Richard, I was about eight, and I remember I was playing with my Barbie house in my bedroom, and I heard this big commotion and this kind of like sense of there's a sort of there's a doom about the house, and my parents were having a big row, and Uncle Richard had um, contacted my parents, and he had nowhere to go, and he'd asked if he could come and stay. Um, it's my dad's brother, Uncle Richard, and um, and um, my mum had said that she didn't want him to. She's like, you know, teaches, you know, to be compassionate. I couldn't believe she was saying that. In the end, she said he could come, but I had to go and stay with my grandparents while he came. And um, I never met him. By the time I came back to my grandparents, he'd gone. They'd given him a, a cheque for a hundred quid and sent him on his way. Um, and it was before Christmas. And um, my um, dad still brings it up to this day when they're all out. That one chucked her, his brother out before Christmas. And I, I thought it was awful that she said. Years went on, and um, uh, people sort of heard from Richard less and less. Um, he sort of was quite transient. He did a lot of work, jobs as like caretakers and stuff. He, he lived all over the world. Um, he was like a lifelong drinker. I mean, apparently he was meant to be dead by the age of 20 from drink. Um, my dad's from a family of alcoholics, and his, his parents had both died of alcoholism, and two of his siblings as well. Um, uh, he's got lots of siblings. And, um, and um, they... Uh, Sort of this, and I heard people heard from him less and less, and then uh, nobody saw him, and it went on and on and on, and it was literally ye it, years went by, and they're the kind of people they didn't talk about things. My mum's side of the family talk about everything, my dad's side they don't talk about anything. Years went on and on and on, and I'd say sometimes, "Where's Uncle Richard?" <laughs> then my mum would say, "Well, Dad will find out he's already dead." Well, I'd ask Dad, Dad would say, "It's not that." <laughs> but he'd never say what it was. So um, I was in my mid twenties. So over 10 years had gone by since anyone had even heard from him. Um, and I was in my mid-twenties, and I was living in London, and I was on incapacity benefit, um, drinking shitloads, and um, living like a really chaotic life. And um, I recently got referred to like a drop-in centre at King's Cross for drinkers, and I turned up and they were like actual camps. <laughs> I 
and um, and uh, I wanted to be a novelist, and I, and I, uh, I, I saw what all the people, you know, interesting stuff. I quite nosed in about people, and I, I couldn't stop thinking, Uncle Richard, Uncle Richard. Um, so I asked sort of lots of questions. Uh, I went on my head about it. I found stuff out about him. I found out that he uh, got dishonourably discharged from the Marines. Nobody knew why. That he had apparently uh, children, fathered children, but nobody knew where they were. Um, that he once shot and killed a man's parrot. Um, <laughs> a man had been walking by the pub that Richard used to work at, and um, they used to piss him off because scorpions did got down that shop at, and, and got convicted of that. He'd been to prison over a long time, but nobody knew why. And then the most, the darkest of all, was there was a rumour that he was a product of incest between my grandma and her brother. Um, this is the kind of thing they just bandy about. As far as I can tell, that is just because her and her brother got on quite well and nobody else in the family did. <laughs> um, and also because he had blue eyes and everyone else had brown eyes, and this was before the internet, and they thought that wasn't possible. <laughs> um, any other way. So, um, dark, no. So, um, so I was in my twenties. So I found out that the Salvation Army did this thing where they could find people. They could find people for you. And um, filled in a form, and you, you sent a hundred quid, another hundred quid, and I called that. So I harassed him to do it. I filled in as much of the form as I could, and they did it. He sent off a check for a hundred quid. I was back at my parents' house there in Hull, and about six months later, we got a letter. My dad got a letter in the post. And it had this really scrawly handwriting. And on the back, it had a, it had a drawing of a man running, and a drawing of W.H. Smith, and a caption that said, me nicking the pen I used to write this letter. He's <laughs> 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 a genius. Uh, <laughs> and he had three 10 pound notes in there, one for me and my two brothers, and he was delighted my dad had got in touch. My mum made us write a thank you letter, and I was the last one to write in it. And I wrote, um, I really hope we've seen you soon. He sealed it up quickly before my mum could see it, so she didn't get pissed off. <laughs> Swearing the pot. And, um, <laughs> And he phoned then, he phoned and he said, um, I'd like to come and visit. So, um, you know, when you, no one knew what to expect. It's been like 15 years since my dad has done this thing. And um, I went down, ready for his visit. Me and my dad drove to the train station, um, Parkstone station, I don't know. And we were waiting for the train. The train pulled in. We were sitting chatting, both quite nervous. And uh, the train was still there, still chatting. That's a bit weird, the train hasn't heard sirens um, <laughs> and my dad his face just went grey I mean he lived a life with a, a lot of shit going on in his family his face just went grey he thought he really fucking knew so he bolted from the car and ran over the footbridge and I followed I walked I didn't run in front of him and, um, <laughs> and um, I was standing at the top of the footbridge and I saw him lying on, on the ground now I should have said at the beginning actually my name's A.E. Mason okay the surname's important so I can see my dad like sort of crouched over this guy and there was blood everywhere. Okay, and I walked out and he I've never seen anyone with a face so fucking matched it. He'd fallen off the train. And um and my dad just went, my dad just went, Richard, um, let me introduce your niece to Amy. <laughs> hello, Richard. Uh, hello, Uncle Richard. And he just turned his face and he just went. Beware of falling masonry. <laughs> 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 
guessing he used one or two plans before. <laughs> and um, he had his, his hands were really bruised. I thought they were bruised from the fall. They were like purple, and he was really, really thin. He had really greasy hair, thick, covered in blood. He said, "Okay, these guys had a rucksack with him, and he had a sort of a coke bottle, but it had no label on it. It had coke in it, but what I imagine could possibly was, you know, some kind of spirit coke." He refused to go to hospital. The paramedics were trying to get him on a stretcher and everything. We um, he has to take him straight home. We took him home, and I, 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 I should say, really, I don't think I've really emphasised enough that I think part of me getting in contact with him was I thought that we might have some kind of kinship. You know, I'd sort of watched a lot of indie comedies. I thought, <laughs> thought maybe there'd be like some kind of like heartwarming story between me and Uncle Richard, and we'd like, you know, form some kind of alliance. And so, you know, I'd save him in some way, but anyway. So, got him home. He'd got tenants in already. My dad had known that he needed to drink one into night, so he'd asked what he wanted one of his tenants. Got an account of tenants, and he sat talking. He was, I mean, to be honest, awful. awful. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, he'd been a he'd been a mercenary, an actual mercenary in, in um, South Africa. He'd been imprisoned in solitary confinement in South Africa. Um, he's very racist. My family are like really uh, lib liberal. My parents, my dad joined Facebook for one hour, called someone a, fa a racist moron, and then left Facebook. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 